My name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda. And welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast. A couple weeks ago, uh, we ran a poll on our Twitter. In case you don't follow us, we're at The Pemberley on Twitter. We're very funny. (laughs) Yes. So we've had some guests hate on the movie adaptation of Pride and Prejudice starring Carrie Knightley. And we wanted to poll our listeners to see what do you think about the movie adaptation because we both enjoy it. Yep. We think it's fine. I think it's fantastic. (laughs) So uh, we wanted to see what the reaction was and the results were either love or the choices were love it, it's fine I guess, or ugh, no thanks. And from 30 votes, not bad, uh, (laughs) 73% loved it. Good. 17% said, it's fine, I guess. And 10% said, no thanks. So the majority of the people like it. That's good. We're not crazy. We're not like the only ones who like it. We just happen to, you know, the three people that we've talked to about it just all hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. They have have a very sophisticated, cultivated understanding of Pride and Prejudice. And we're just like, oh, it's so great. It's so much romance. I don't want to get to that point. (laughs) I'm like not liking this. I can't imagine being like too whatever to like the movie and actually we got a message on our wordpress page from jillian not our own jillian. oh yeah i was gonna say i mean i run that page not you <laughs> who just wrote in to to talk about the fact that she runs a tumblr dedicated to pride and prejudice and she had asked her her followers on that tumblr what they thought was the definitive pride and prejudice adaptation mm-hmm. and from hundreds of messages and everything that like different people of their analysis of all the adaptations she found that the fan base as a whole is as she says truly divided when it comes to which adaptation is superior most do not seem to hate one or the other they just have a preference so really there there isn't sort of one adaptation that the entire fandom everyone agrees like this is the perfect adaptation everyone has their adaptation that they like more or less just depending on their own personal taste. Right, and I'm sure, if I were to guess, I would say the most popular would probably be the miniseries. The 1995 one with Colin Firth. Just It's a miniseries, so they can cover everything. And yeah. it's just very beloved. It's just always interesting to then analyze this adaptation as one that, I don't, I don't know, people don't really see this one as a, a definitive adaptation, I don't think. I don't know. But a lot of people have written their, their thesis papers on this and seen how it does... It is a modern-day adaptation of this classic novel. Yes, it is. All right, let's dive into episode 49, Not Paranoid, written by Margaret Dunlap. Hi, Hi Margaret. Margaret. You know us. We know you. <laughs> All right. The Bennett sisters are getting dumped right and left. <laughs> Jane is officially leaving for LA, mm-hmm. and Wickham stops by with a surprising announcement. He got a new job and he's leaving town again. Yeah. That minute he's leaving town. Not only that, but he's, you know, he tells Lizzie and she's like, but you aren't leaving right now. Yeah, I just came by to say goodbye. Like, duh. Like, <laughs> like, like you should have known about this. And yeah. I'm like, what? This just happened. And you don't tell her anything. You don't tell us anything, George. When Jane's leaving, they kind of, Lizzie and Jane kind of talk about the status of her relationship with Bing and... She wants to kind of see, like, was there something wrong? Was there something I didn't see? Maybe I saw more into our relationship than than there was. I'm doing what I can. And if I was wrong about the nature of our relationship, 
all I can do is move forward and accept it. I don't get why, I mean, I don't know, why Jane would suddenly doubt that. I get why she would doubt that because of the fact that the way that thing left. Mm -hmm. But, you know, given all the time they spent, even at Netherfield, everything that we've seen so far, it's crazy that Jane would start to doubt that now. I mean, I feel like the fact that they were so close is what makes it all the more confusing. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the song Burn from the hit musical Hamilton, uh. where she's like, I'm rereading the letters you wrote me. Mm-hmm. Because it's it, like when you're betrayed by someone you love so much, you go back and you analyze every interaction you ever had with them yeah. and think... Was I wrong this whole time? Like, was I being deceived all along? Or did he just decide to be horrible to me one Mm -hmm. day? So she's still kind of in that stage. But she's in that stage and she's moving to Los Angeles. And this is when Lizzie brings up the fact that this could all be Darcy's fault. The fact that that Jing... Jing. (laughs) Jane, Jane, Jane and Bing's relationship has broken up she blames it on darcy even though like later we know that's actually for the for once lizzie was right right and we don't know that yet (laughs) and wickham too because you know the one thing he's good for when other than half taking his shirt off again (laughs) is lizzie asks do you think darcy's capable of this is he capable of breaking up bing and jane because she can't it's just another one of those, Bing is such a good guy, she can't imagine that he came to this conclusion that they're not right for each other all on his own. Yeah. So Wickham says, I wouldn't put it past him. I think he's completely capable of it. And he's right, and she's right. You know, mm-hmm. he will definitely learn later that Darcy had a really heavy hand in convincing Bing that he and Jane weren't right for each other. Yeah. So then Wickham comes in, surprises Lizzie, mm-hmm. and immediately they start talking about Darcy. Because, you know, for two people who hate Darcy, they really just love talking about Darcy. Why did you have to do that? We were enjoying a nice banter, and then you gotta bring up him. Well, steal yourself. I'm about to bring him up again. There's three people in this relationship. Yes. Wickham, Lizzie, and Darcy. And he's like a ghost. Yeah. And that's like, to your point, he brings up like, she, she, Lizzie brings up like, would he do this? And he's like, yes, he did destroy my life. Like, of course he would do something as horrible as this. I wonder why, because here's the thing. Wickham knows, I mean, I'm sure he really dislikes Darcy because ultimately... I mean, like, we find out later. It's not like Darcy denied him the inheritance. Basically, George spent all of his college money, and he went back and he asked for more. And Darcy said no to the more. And that's what he said no to. And so he's still very resentful of that. But I wonder what parts of Darcy George actually believes are capable of breaking two people up. I mean, he broke up him and Georgiana, but he was a jerk like there's like words that i don't even want to use on this podcast you know we don't we can't really speak to his opinion about darcy i mean he does yeah he has that line of like he did destroy my life in speaking about like not being able to go to college so which like i i don't get how that if he was only set on that one college and this was literally the only way he could go sure but i feel like there's a lot of other options for (laughs) a young capable man to go to college if he really wanted to he could have gone to community college he could have gotten scholarships he could have gotten student loans there's really no excuse for wickham to like blame darcy for like the the life that life path he's on right now he's like oh i'm doomed to be a swim coach for the rest of my life because of darcy well and what's interesting about that is I, i i'm still hung up on what we heard from 
Wickham Theater, like, you know, Wickham Storytime, yeah. which is if he allegedly got into this school, the people who graduate from the school make millions of dollars. Well, take the debt, make your <laughs> millions of dollars, and pay it back. Yeah. So, I don't know what he, like, what exactly, what job then would he be doing that makes him millions of dollars? Well, you know what I've been thinking about? If, you know, George is doomed to this life as a yeah. swim coach, if he weren't doing this, what would he be doing? Like, what what could allegedly, what is his alleged greater purpose in life than teaching swim? Like, what else is he good at, you know? He could be a male model. I think he should think he about should that. He should think about that. <laughs> uh, isn't, like, Wes Adderhold a male IRL? Um, a male. He is a male IRL, but he's also a male model. You Possibly, like, I'm like, sure. Zo- like Derek Zoolander. It's so hard to be really, really ridiculously good-looking. <laughs> I'm assuming that, I don't know what, what Wickham could have been doing if he weren't a swim coach, if he did graduate from that school that where he'd be making millions of dollars. I don't know what he thinks. Maybe he just thought, like, I'm just going to walk into an office and they hand me a check and I'm going to leave for the day. You know what? Actually, that's a good point. I think he thought life would be really easy. I think he was used to getting a lot of things handed to him. Yeah. And more money was, like, the first thing that was not handed to him. Yeah. So he tried to take it via Georgiana. And then, you know, Darcy kind of took that opportunity away from him. So I feel like he just roams the planet looking for girls who are in love with him. Teachings. I don't, I don't know where this is going. No, but, I mean, that's, you know, like, that's, that's just, like, how he lives his life. He doesn't know anything else. He doesn't know how to work hard. He doesn't know how to do the right thing. That's the thing. He doesn't know how to do the right thing. Literally doesn't know. <laughs> no clue. Which is why, like, he comes in, he's like, yeah, I was saying goodbye, obviously. Yeah. I hate the way he delivered that. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was great the way he delivered, like, yeah. Wes delivered it. But I hate George yeah. for saying it. Cause no, like, it's horrible. Duh, like, I'm here to say goodbye, obviously. Yeah. I'm here to never see you again. So, sorry about those music festival tickets that you have to take your sister to. Maybe this is a good opportunity to jump into episode 50. Episode 50, Moving On, written by Margaret Dunlap. Now it's post-Jane, post-Wickham, and Lydia is there to her sister's aid to help her through this tough time that really Lizzie isn't having a tough time with. (laughs) No, but you know what? I like how Lydia stepped up in this episode. Oh, yeah. She comes with rom-coms and Kleenex and chocolate, because that's, you know, in the movies, when a girl's heart is broken, that's what she needs. And one of those movies is Bridget Jones's Diary. Yes. I'm just saying. She, you know, the chubby Zellweger movie, that's what this is. They keep bringing it up. (laughs) Yep. Just a little illusion. We saw it. It's nice because Lydia kind of acknowledges that Jane and Lizzie were really close. Yeah, she says, like, I'm not, I know I'm not your go-to sister. Yeah, (laughs) but she's like, I know we're not the close ones, but I still want you to be able to come to me. And that's really mature. Even though she says she's better at revenge. That's, That's, but it's endearing. (laughs) It's It's very Lydia. She's there to help, even in revenge. (laughs) Yes. Best of intentions. Which, like, now that they're really all each other has for the moment... Now I think Lizzie is like being a little nicer to Lydia Mm -hmm. because of the fact that she doesn't have Jane. She doesn't have Charlotte. She has no one but Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) She has no one. Um, Right. And like she even shows her like, hey, George Wickham is moving on without you. And yeah, so this is there's like several things that happen in this episode. One of which is we learn that. Lizzie was like she actually really confirms I like forgot about this speech that she gives the camera she's monologuing she had strong feelings for George 
but not so strong that she's heartbroken over the fact that he's moving on. I think I honestly am fine about the whole George thing though. I'm not just saying that for the camera. There's no weeping in these little jump cuts. It's weird because, you know, she's like, we were very casual, you know, we weren't exclusive. And Lydia's like, you don't do casual. Like, yeah. Lizzie Bennett does boyfriends. And she seems to admit that, yet she's not that heartbroken over the fact that George is moved, like partying with other women already. Yeah, she admits, like, yeah, I did like him, but, like, we weren't serious. So, like, what would he have done for her? What what does he bring to the table other yeah. than his gorgeous face? It was kind of the fact that it was a very casual relationship because of the fact that he was never in town consist consistently. Yeah. And that was the thing that threw her off guard within the last episode was the fact that he was kind of, it seemed like he was supposed to stick around for a little while mm -hmm. and then drop the news that actually uh, he's leaving to go help a different club team. So it's like kind of just solidified the fact that they were always casual. It was never going to be or turn into a serious thing. And he leaves. And now Lizzie realizes just how stuck she is in life. She's got yeah. no job. She's still living at her parents' house. Her older sister has moved out, going on to bigger and brighter things. Best friend, gone, off to bigger and brighter things. And she's just kind of there. She's just still in the same place she's been for years. Yeah. And she's saved by a very unexpected call from Charlotte. Well, actually, before we get into that, I think it's kind of, it shows how Lizzie isn't very proactive about changing her circumstances. She's very happy where she is. She doesn't like change. And where Jane is doing these long commutes to mm. like work, work up to the position she wants to be, Charlotte took that initiative and took a job to get to where she wants to be. Lizzie's just just doing the same thing. She's making these videos. That's mm -hmm. great. She learned to edit. Yes. That's great. Props. Um, but she really, I, I don't know. We don't see much outside of her, you know, personal family and friends life of her own work and personal ambitions, which yeah. I, I don't know if we like should have seen more of in this series because it is so, because like with, with Jane, we definitely know about her work. With Charlotte, we definitely know about her work. But with Lizzie, we don't really know. Well, she's a student, so but, like, the nature she, of her work is very different, and she's very bent on... But just because she's a student, though, doesn't mean she can't be proactive about her work life. She can yeah. be, she could have been doing an internship, she could be yep. doing, like, a bunch of stuff that's going to prepare her once she graduates she to have, have a, a job. She could at least have a part-time exactly. job Exactly, there's a lot money. that she could be doing, and I think it's... It's a little bit of that entitlement of like, I'm going to get a degree, which means I'm automatically going to get a job after college, which is like sort of like the thing we all believe mm -hmm. <laughs> after graduating I college. feel like you've got a lot of feelings on the subject, <laughs> Yolanda. So here's the thing. <laughs> I've been noticing that as we watch this more and we analyze it more, I'm just noticing how entitled Lizzie Bennett is. Ooh. And... I don't think that's true for all adaptations. I think it's true for this one. Okay. And I hate the fact that every time I watch it more, I'm just not liking Lizzie. Oh my gosh. Like, I like her a little bit less every time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not in a great place with Lizzie Bennett right now. <laughs> no, I get it. I'm like glad that we have this perspective. I just kind of, I don't know. Because I just sort of assume she's supposed to be this way. Like she's, sure. she's stuck here. She doesn't know how to get unstuck yeah there could be more that she's doing but it's weird because she doesn't know what she should be doing so she doesn't know what the next step is i, I think i i get it because i was at that stage too where yeah. you just feel like 
I don't know how to get unstuck from this stage of life. Mm-hmm. And she's just there right now. Yeah. And I think because of the, the 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 insight I have now in my own life, I'm like, you should be doing this. Yeah. So maybe I'm just seeing more of myself. And do an internship. I, yeah. Well, that's a good thing. You're like, you should have been doing more this whole time. Exactly. What are you thinking? You're yeah. doing nothing. You're sitting on your ass. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Lizzie, be better. <laughs> be better at everything. I'm like Jane. I'm not actually talking about the situation that's happening. I'm talking about my own situation (laughs) that's happening you are using lizzie lizzie's life as a vehicle to vent your own frustrations about what's happening to you and isn't that what this whole thing is about (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic right not gonna go into that further then great (laughs) so charlotte calls Charlotte is really like the saving grace of this episode of like, because everything seems to be going down for Lizzie. It's imploding, yeah. Everything is just horrible. And then she gets a wonderful phone call from an old dear friend that we haven't heard from in a while. Hey, Charlotte. Oh, you saw, yeah, um, I know. Um, me too. I think that in, this is where we see how good of a friend Charlotte is. They're, yeah. they're in a fight. They're famous. Like, even Lydia comes in and she's like, aren't you guys fighting? Mm-hmm. And... She, like, clearly saw that Jane is moving to L.A. and she's calling to see that everything's fine, what happened with yeah. her being. Like, she cares about the Bennett family. And, and, and Charlotte's been watching the videos. She She's stepping up. Yeah. She, and in fact, I bet that's what happened. I bet she was watching the videos and she was finally like, dang it, I can't ignore this any longer. Yeah. I have to call my best friend. Yeah. And it's great because this is where she gets the trip up to San Francisco. So actually, I if I remember correctly, it's one of the Maria of the Lou episodes where actually Maria prompts Charlotte to watch Lizzie's videos. Maria is like a huge fan of the Lizzie <laughs> Diaries. And she's like, why aren't you watching? Like things are like happening. There's drama. And I think that's what actually like makes Charlotte watch the videos. And she's like, all right, my best friend's in trouble. I need to reach out. Right. I get why she's mad, but it's nice that their friendship is strong enough that she's not going to let a horrible situation keep her from comforting her friend. Yeah. yeah. And it's great because this is, I mean, this is the part in the uh, novel where, you know, Charlotte and Lizzie still aren't getting along, but she invites her to stay at her estate where she finally gets to run her own household and she like takes that trip up there. So this is what's happening here. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know what? It gives Lizzie something to look forward to. She's going to be talking to someone who actually is moving forward with her life. Yeah. I mean, it's going to feel like it's going to be a good change of pace for lizzie Mm -hmm. and getting to get out in the world she see what her best friend's up to Mm kind of just get a different perspective and same thing with jane just like a change of scenery yeah there's a lot of moving around and going to different parts of england and pride and prejudice and that's what happens here the exciting thing in moving to a new location is we're gonna see new people so that's to come and i mean we're on episode 50 we're halfway through yolanda we're halfway through That's insane. I'm glad you pointed that. I like, that would have gone over my head. It's like, we are on, moving on is episode 50, which is halfway through the 100 episodes of the Lizzie Bennett. We're officially halfway through the show. Holy crap. That was nothing. That took, I just blinked. We started the first episode and I blinked and here we are at 50. Here we are. It's been great. Jumping to the comments section where we read original YouTube comments from when the episodes first aired for episode 49, Miriam... 24601 says, John the Bastard is the guy in Much Ado About Nothing who conspires to get Claudio to doubt Hero. I don't think she was saying John is Darcy's first name so much as she's claiming he's as bad as Shakespeare's John the Bastard. 
Not only that, but she says there's something rotten in another. Anyway, she makes a direct allusion to Hamlet. So some Shakespeare references in these episodes. Quite. Oh, just a comment. There was a lot of comments about a, a debate of whether or not George Wickham was wearing eyeliner. You mean guy liner? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I see where people think that. I, and there was a comment that said that Ashley Clements had responded to that on Twitter, mm-hmm. saying that, nope, those are just his eyelashes. <laughs> oh. So he was not wearing he, eyeliner. <laughs> he just has these thick, bris- bristly lashes yes. that, all right, you know, it's fine. I, like, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice says, you know, if George wants to take his shirt off, I totally don't mind. There are a lot of comments saying that he is obviously rotten, but I kind of like him right now. Um, not sure what that says about what I look for in a guy. <laughs> He's starting to get pretty shady, so I think you have low standards. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. How rude says videos like this are how we, the fans, know the writers love us. George will be departing for some time, so we get one last glimpse of his abs before he goes. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks, Margaret. The writers just know what we were after. <laughs> they know what we paid to see. Claudia Dalby says, What I don't get is, why didn't Jane just call Bing? It seems a bit weird to just rush over to Los Angeles without even contacting him. We don't even know what he's doing there. Seems like a bit of plot holes to me. Maybe she tried calling him and he didn't return her calls? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing of, like, she's technically moving there for her job. She's not moving there for Bing. Mm-hmm. And this commenter sees it as she's just moving there for Bing. Yeah. So this kind of a difference of opinion of what you think Jane is actually moving there for. Well, it's. I think this is like taking it a step ahead of moving because she's saying, instead of moving there, why didn't you just call him? Yeah, to clarify like what's going on. Instead of looking at a tweet and deciding that you're just going to up uproot your life and change up everything we're very dramatic in this world i guess so yeah uh for episode 50 awkward and awesome says yay charlotte is back i love how lizzie is more affected by her issues in her relationship with charlotte than she is by her issues with wickham kudos to you for not being lydia i still love her but her obsession with men could possibly lead to trouble in the future yeah there's a difference in the way lizzie handles the sort of quote-unquote breakup with Wickham, and the way the friend breakup happened with her and Charlotte. So clearly one means more than the other. Boys usually lead to trouble. (laughs) Vrexley says, I think, (laughs) In the book, I had almost no feelings about Elizabeth losing a friend in Charlotte, partly because book Lizzie is so judgmental. It's almost as if she doesn't care about losing Charlotte as much as where Charlotte ends up. But here, I cared so much, and so to see their friendship mended is just the best. Yeah, their friendship means a lot in this series. They really depend on one another. Mm-hmm. Helia Fly says, So glad you and Charlotte are talking again. It was heartbreaking to see you both hurt. Your friendship is precious. It is. And we've seen this commenter before. This is also a quote from Pride and Prejudice. Absence had increased her desire of seeing Charlotte again and weakened her disgust of Mr. Collins. Hmm. There was novelty in the scheme, and as with such a mother and such uncompanionable sisters, home could not be faultless. A little change was not unwelcome for its own sake. See? Change. Because we need some change. Because she didn't want to hang out with Lydia. Because, and like, her parents. Her parents are the her parents. 
She was yeah. welcoming the change. It's stifling. I, I believe that like getting out can actually freshen your, I mean, it's not going to erase your problems, right. but it's going to give you a fresh perspective. Like yeah. no one move away from your problems because that's not going to happen. No. But, but getting away for a little while can sometimes like make you think a little clearer. Yeah. And then come back and change whatever you do need to change. And yeah. sort of like, yeah. Some very important moves have happened, are coming up, and we will see what happens next. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash The Pemberley. Or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.